It's Sunday Night Storytime. What exactly is Sunday Night Storytime? This is a chance for me to tell different kinds of stories about different things that I might be interested in or potentially just a random story of somebody who does, somebody who did, and somebody who will. It's also a chance to unwind from the week, think ahead to the next week. You get inundated with things. It's almost bedtime. You know, I want to put some calming thoughts into your brain. Something to help you mellow out. This is going to be so riveting that I promise you, if you don't fall asleep within 22 minutes, I'm not doing my job. But I do want to tell more stories, and I want to have people join me from time to time to tell some stories. So we're calling this Sunday Night Storytime. It's part of the Do Did Will podcast, the story of people, and I'm going to tell some more. I'm going to start with one of my favorite bands, and probably one of the most important bands from my generation, the Foo Fighters. Everyone's well aware of who this band is. Everyone's well aware of the different levels of success that they've had, the different battles that they've had to go through. But they've also penned one of the greatest rock songs, two of the greatest rock songs, as far as I'm concerned, in the last 30 years, which to me would be Everlong and Times Like These. I mean, lyrically, Times Like These, it's just the chorus alone. And I quote... It's times like these you learn to live again. It's times like these you give and give again. It's times like these you learn to love again. It's times like these time and time again. They're my favorite lyrics from a band potentially since I've been alive. It covers so many areas and given where we're at in the world right now and coming out of what we just came out of, I believe that now is more important than ever for us to come together. And music generally will do that. It'll generally bring people together. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of the only things that brings people together You can go to a show, be surrounded by 10,000 other people, politics out the window, religion generally out the window, people just gathered and loving life. And the Foo Fighters to me are a band born out of tragedy, unfortunately, with the passing of Kurt Cobain, but a rise that to me still seems authentic. Some would argue that. Some would argue that, well, he was already the drummer in Nirvana. He already had doors kicked down for him. He already had opportunities that other indie bands, you know, would have had to claw and scratch and fight for. But here's the thing. Dave writes and records and plays everything on the debut record for the Foo Fighters sends it out anonymously. No one knows who it is. And 
the music speaks for itself. I've always been a proponent of the music doing the talking. There's amazing bands out there that have incredible songs that have never been heard. Some get lucky and they get their songs heard. There's no denying that, you know, the occasional uh, agent or somebody within Dave's world probably gave them a little hand once the word got out that who it was but the music did the talking and then the live show does the talking and the personalities and the people that you've come to love in this band it's one of the last bands on the planet where you know every single person in the band you know their personality you know their names you know Nate you know Chris you know Pat Rami, and unfortunately, The Fallen Taylor. But is there another band in the last 30 years where the drummer can pass away suddenly and two giant tribute shows in his name that become two of the best rock shows I've ever seen since the passing of Freddie Mercury? Is there another band that this could happen to. I mean, I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to hear your suggestions. I'm sure people will argue their U2s of the world and Metallica and Harry Styles and all these big giant artists. But I'm telling you, there's something about the way the Foo Fighters and their personalities came across to people that we all feel a part of that band, you know, formed in 1994, you know, it, that's a long time ago. It was the, it was the changing of the guard. And Dave already was in a band that had changed music with one chord and then goes on to form one of the biggest rock bands on the planet for the next 30 years. It's a hell of a story. Uh, one that was not easy. They had to play tons of live shows. They, you know, they they had their moments. They had members, you know, leave. They've had to play drums, uh, take over and play drums on the second record because he just it just wasn't to where it was. That you know, if you've watched the documentary on him, you're you're well aware that this is Dave's show. But a collective sound and a collective effort. It appears that they were all on the same trajectory. And, you know, the evidence is in, is in the music and, and what they created. Now, there's a lot of different opinions about the Foos. Some feel, you know, they're overrated. Some have, you know, uh, comments that they have potentially too much filler on their records. I likely was accused of feeling the same way for a while. I felt like the hits were giant and huge, and I felt like some of the stuff that was just on the record to fill it up uh, wasn't necessarily the best, but you could say that about a countless amount of bands. You know, Tom Petty's got an incredible catalog, but did he hit a home run in every single song? I would say no. You know, Metallica really didn't, you know, didn't really break wide open until 91 before that your thrash metal people were 
thinking they were the greatest thing in the world. And then they lost half of that audience when they released the black record. You know, everyone has their experiments. But timeless songs are extremely tough. You got to have lightning in a bottle. You know, every, the stars need to align. But there's just no denying what these guys have put out in the universe. And a song like Times Like These and, and, and Everlong are just two small examples of what can happen when you do get that lightning in a bottle. So taking it back to 1994, you know, these guys come out with a, an amazing debut record, the 95, I guess, in essence. Um, he, he recruits some members of Sunny Day Real Estate. Eventually, Taylor joins the band after playing with Sass Jordan and playing with Alanis Morissette among countless other bands. And they just go on a touring frenzy. And if I remember at that time, they were on every single festival. They were on every single radio station. They were on everything. It was new. It was fresh. There was this energy to them. Uh, when In a time when music was coming out of the, the 80s hair metal scene, we had already gotten the Pearl Jam part of the world, uh, Soundgarden, Nirvana part of the world out of the way. And a new breed of band was coming through. And I think that the Foo Fighters was the last bit of that before obviously new metal and all that stuff kicked in. And I, and I really think that timing is everything. And, and I do believe that, you know, they benefited from timing uh, by coming out in that 94, 95 timeframe. Cause I think if, I don't think they would have existed uh, if they would have done this in 90, even six or 97. I just, I think the, 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 the scene was, music was was not very great then and uh well i mean for for me as a music fan there was a lot of great indie stuff coming out bands like hum and obviously we had we, we went through the run of like the gin blossoms and some of these really cool bands that had come out but overall we were in serious uh what were we, we were missing big giant rock bands and i think the Foos presented right off the get-go that there's a potential here to be a big giant rock band. And I think we're going through that now. Whereas everyone is portrayed as big giant rock band, I don't necessarily see it equating to concert tickets for everyone. So timing is everything, as I said. You know, they've got tons of records. I, my personal favorite, I mean, it can go on and on and on. I, I think that they've, they've definitely carved out different sounds obviously as they've gone through their career we've had a, a heavier version we've had uh, some experimental stuff like on wasting light and uh, concrete and gold uh longtime producer butch vig was you know has played an integral role but you know they've won 15 grammy awards including best rock album five times now a lot of people don't take a lot of stock in grammys obviously it's a, a manifested award show to prop up the business but regardless you got to nominate somebody and those guys are undeniable they've made some really great rock records and deserving rock records i personally you know i've seen them three or four times 
I had an incredible experience with Taylor Hawkins uh, in Germany, of all places, randomly, when I was wearing a heart shirt at a hotel, and he comes stumbling around the corner after going for a run and saying, I love heart, you know, and I love Canada, and I love playing shows with with heart when I was, you know, with Sass Jordan and all these different kind of bands that he played in and it was just an incredible moment and it, that was the thing about this band this band made time I think for everybody they were approachable I don't think Dave has ever you know Dave's kind of so busy that he would seem unapproachable but from what I gather he is quite approachable and uh, I think it's it, it, it served them very 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 well this band has gone through a terrible tragedy again, unfortunately, with the passing of Taylor Hawkins. And for me, for my generation, and for me as a drummer, it was extremely tough to have that moment present itself and lose another icon in our business. And I kept I was saying to myself, like, how do you go on? How does this band go on? And bands have lost members before. I mean, there's no bigger example of that than ACDC, you know, and then moving on with Brian Johnson or Queen, you know, shutting it down for many, many years and, and you know, coming back, I guess, to this level right now with Adam Lambert. Obviously, Paul Rogers played in there for a little while, and, if, and you know, um, it's fine. But, but having a band lose such a... Uh, lose a member and then start over again It's and, and meet with the same success. And I know you're going to say, well, he's the drummer and you can move on, but it's a little bit, it's a, it's a heavy blow. This is a, this is a personality. This is somebody who uh, touched lives and no bigger example of that than after he passed the stories that came out about Taylor and the time that he made for people and the time that he made for every single person texting them and calling them and spending hours on the phone just talking music and, and deep tracks on records. I mean, that was the guy. And we all have friends like that that we can go deep with, but he he seems to be everyone's friend, and which in turn, I think, became the world's friend. And so it made it equally, how do I say, like just tragic that, uh, that this has happened, obviously leaving a family behind. And then we see the tribute shows, and then his son goes up and plays, I mean, it was heart melting, but it was necessary for the band to do that, to move on. And at the point before that, that moment had happened, I wasn't sure we were going to see a Foo Fighter band again. I, I just didn't. Uh, I thought this is going to be extremely tough to move on, to fill that personality and to fill, you know, what it is that made up that band. But the show must go on and that, that you know, that's a Queen lyric and, and no bigger fan of Queen than, than the Foos. And I just think that the show will go on and I'm ready for it to go on. I'm ready for it to see what it's going to be, but I think it does have to be different. And they touched on it this week with a, a bit of a post saying that it was going to be different. I mean, is it going to be a big, loud, crashy giant rock band? I, I think they're going to stick to their roots. I think that they're going to put out a rock record, but is Dave going to play drums on the record? I mean, there's a, I would, I would bet my house on it that he's going to play drums on the record. 
and it's just going to go back to maybe just a Dave record. I, I'm not, you know, that's just my thought here. I'm sure the band will contribute, but uh, I'm sure Dave has a lot to say, a lot to say, and he's going to put that out in music. So I'm excited about it. I'm I'm anxious to see where it goes. I, I definitely, from a drumming standpoint and from a touring standpoint, I hope they take Josh Freeze out with them. That's going to be great to see if that happens. He was great on those tribute shows, but it, those tribute shows definitely made me realize that uh, you know we we need this band still very much. I'm not ready for them to stop. Rock and roll needs them, and I want them to continue to go and and put out music and and I want them to take as long as they need to do that. And if they use nine producers to do that, I don't care. I just want that to happen. I I just want to see it again. You know. You know, little things about this band, like, the, you know, the fact that there was a point where Dave could have joined Tom Petty. He played with Tom Petty on Saturday Night Live and was asked to join the band, but decided no. Think about what would have happened there if he would have went down that path instead of putting the band together. Like, come on. It boggles my mind. Um, having an incredible debut record, uh, like the self-titled 95 record called Foo Fighters, but then following it up with The Color and a Shape with songs like My Hero and Everlong on it. Like, what? And then we get times like these, and then we get into, you know, the later records of Sonic Highways, Concrete Gold, Medicine at Midnight, all with different sounds that are within the sound, which leads me to believe that he's really going to take this band in a bit of a different direction. They were already mellowing out a little bit. They, you know, and I think Dave had quoted it as saying that, you know, no one's going to want us to yell at them when they're, you know, when they're <laughs> 55 and 60 years old anymore, they, they're going to have to mellow it out. So it is going to be very interesting to see where that goes. But I do believe that they will go down as one of the most important bands in the history of our business. I do believe that uh, they have bred a new breed of bands aiming to get to that Dave Grohl level of stadium rock. And I just haven't seen that. I saw it with, you know, the eighties metal bands and queen and Elton John and some of those bands, late seventies Zeppelin, of course, where, you know, before the internet, we were inundated with pictures of stadiums and pictures of these giant shows. But, you know, the foos were the new ones to do it. And there's very few that have done it since. And I want them to keep going just for that reason alone to show this younger generation how it's done. And you got to, you know, jam them in. You got to do 100,000 people as much as you can. Put them in there. Give them the biggest rock show possible. Take people on a journey. Make them forget about everything. Make them forget about their troubles, their religious issues, their health, all the things for one night, three hours for one night up on stage in front of as many people as you can do. And you should aim to be writing songs that do that, that bring people together. Is it easy to do? I mean, you have your whole life to might to write your first record. And then what is it a year to write your second? So there's been a few misses, but there's been way more hits than misses. And this band needs to go on. This band needs to continue to show the younger generation how it's done. They need to battle back from adversity. One of the biggest, you know, tragedies in rock history 
and show how it's done, how you persevere and how you, you know, we might get some of the best songs ever now. If you thought Dave was deep and emotional before, I'm very curious to see what's in store for us, the fan and us, the listener for the future of the Foo Fighters and whatever incarnation that's going to be. I'm excited. I hope you are too. That's Sunday night stories. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm hoping that you're out. You're relaxed. You're ready to start the week. And that this skips to the next song in your playlist and then wakes you up and then you got to get ready for bed actually so anyways join me again next Sunday my friends for more Sunday night story time this was a blast just telling a story about a band that I love next week I might have somebody on telling a story about something that they love but regardless they'll end up in that space the do did will space people that do people that did and people that will it's the Story of People podcast. It's Sunday night story time. Good night. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.